Welcome to this episode of WikiWalks, a short podcast devoted to some of the more intriguing and, huh, who knew, articles that you can run across in the weird world of Wikipedia. I'm your host, Chris Grismer. One of the hot topics in the news these days is the hope that a COVID vaccine will swoop in and save the day. And throughout the last two centuries, vaccines have saved untold millions of lives and eradicated some of the most deadly diseases known to science. Anthrax, rabies, measles, mumps, rubella, you name it. But how did it get started? What was the first one? Well, if you've ever wondered such things, you're in the right place. This is WikiWalks, after all. But before we look at the first vaccine, we need to learn a new word. Variolation. We would not have vaccines without variolation. If you thought COVID was bad, well, then you don't know smallpox, my friend. Smallpox is estimated to have killed up to 500 million people in the 20th century. As recently as 1967, 15 million cases occurred a year. Those are some insane numbers. Variolation was an early method of immunizing people against smallpox. In a nutshell, people were intentionally infected with a mild case of smallpox to prevent a more serious, deadly case. Basically, chickenpox parties. Variolation gets its name from variola, the scientific name for the smallpox virus. See? Easy enough. Infection with variola major, the most severe strain of the smallpox virus, had a mortality rate of around 35%. Hey! People would often contract the virus through inhalation. It would set up shop in the oral and respiratory tract, uh, eventually making its way to the lymph nodes, where it replicates. The virus then travels through the bloodstream into the spleen and bone marrow, where it acts like a dugger and just wildly multiplies. After 12 to 15 days, the characteristic lesions appear on mucous membranes, and 24 to 48 hours later, the lesions appear on the skin, or else it gets the hose again. As early as the 15th century, Chinese doctors would dry out the scabs from the mildest smallpox patients they could find, and then crush them up, and people would snort this stuff, like some sort of cocaine virus, which might be the best band name of all time. So you snort this stuff, you cross your fingers, and hope that you get a really mild version of smallpox. As you can imagine, this was like some medical Russian roulette and often people would just, in fact, get full-blown smallpox and then die horribly. So, uh, not, not, not great. Interestingly enough, however, the practice made its way to the Middle East and Africa, and they would tie a cloth around an infected kid's arm and then tie that same cloth to a healthy kid's arm, and they would typically get a less fatal version of smallpox. Not foolproof, but getting better. In England, they ended up with an even more refined method delivering smallpox material against a small scratch in the skin. Fun fact, George Washington had his Continental Army variolated, but again, many of these people just got normal smallpox and then passed it to others who, as was fashionable at the time, died horribly. However, in the late 1700s, a British scientist, Edward Jenner, noticed that many farmhands and milkmaids were impervious to the deadly disease. Further investigation revealed that almost all of them had gotten cowpox at some point, which is a much less dangerous cousin of the smallpox virus. This, this was the light bulb that gave way to the idea of a vaccine. Jenner theorized that if he purposefully gave people cowpox, they would not get smallpox. 
For you trivia buffs out there, the first inoculated patient was a young boy named James Phipps. Jenner took some fluid from a milkmaid's cowpox lesion and then inserted it into James's arm via two small cuts in the skin. After six weeks, he tried to give the boy smallpox over 20 times. Clearly, medical ethics were an afterthought at this time, and not once did he succumb to the disease. Remember earlier that the name of the smallpox virus is variola? Well, the word vaccine comes from variola vaccinae, which is Latin for smallpox of the cow. We have Louis Pasteur, the father of pasteurization, and also the rabies and anthrax vaccine, to thank for generalizing the term vaccine to refer to all inoculations. In December of 1979, nearly two centuries after Jenner's first vaccine, smallpox was officially declared eradicated. An agreement was reached that all remaining stocks of the virus would be destroyed or passed on to two secure laboratories, one in the U.S. and another in Russia, and that no other labs would have access to the virus that causes smallpox. Although, curiously, while we have a 100% effective vaccine against the now-eradicated virus, there is still no known cure for it should you acquire it. So let's hope those two labs are locked up nice and tight. Surely nothing can go wrong there. But I digress. So there you have it. That's the story of the first vaccine. Next time you turn on the TV and you see people getting worked up over vaccines and you think to yourself, don't have a cow, man. Well, when it comes to smallpox, maybe you should. Maybe you should.